Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to Ready, Set, Free podcast with your host, Kai Wilson. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate everybody who's returning to the podcast and thank you for all of our new listeners. Um, welcome to 2021. We're in week three, I believe. So week three, 2021, Ready, Set, Free podcast. Um, thank everybody who has ordered merchandise, in particular, the Budget and Investing Journal, which is available on the website, readysetfree.me. And by time this airs, our Facebook group will be up and available um, on Facebook. So I have a Facebook group that's going to be open to everybody. You don't have to have the journal to participate, but it'd be nice to follow along. And the group will be open. Anybody can join. In the group, we're going to work on either budgeting and investing or budgeting or investing. Whatever you'd like to do, whatever your goal, your focus is for the year, you can join the group. We will be sharing ideas. We will be encouraging each other on um, whatever your journey is, whatever your goals are. Maybe we'll have group goals or individual goals. But whatever it is you want to focus on, Go ahead and search for the Ready, Set, Free page, and there's going to be a Ready, Set, Free group as well, and I'll be in there. I'll be active. I'll be helping and answering questions. So get your journal, 2195 me. All right, so today I'm very excited. I have two of my good friends here. Um, you guys have seen pictures of them or you've seen pictures of us uh, training with them. Today we're going to have an episode. I'm going to catalog this episode under physical freedom because it's ready, set, free, where we want you to be financially free, physically free, emotionally free, and mentally free. So today we're going to work on the physically free side. This is our first episode on physically free. And um, the people I have joining me today, it's actually, it's, it's, a neat, it's a neat duo. It's a set of twins, identical twins, and they teach a lot of stuff. I was just looking. I've only taken so far the archery classes, but they have an array of classes that you can take and groups that you can join. So again, in the show notes at the end, everything will be attached um, that you can find them and you can join one of their groups or classes. But I want to introduce today, we have twin brothers. We have Elijah and Elisha. So very interesting. We call them Eli and Eli for short. <laughs> so both of them are here. They belong to Lynx Survivalist. That's the name of their group. And again, under their group, they have subgroups. So they have Groups for children, they have groups for women, they have groups for specific um, studies or topics. Um, but yeah, they, they offer a lot. So we've done, like I said, a few of their classes. I have some more on my radar and I will be signing up for more, especially when it gets warmer outside. I know we have to survive under all temperatures, but I, I personally prefer to train survival under better weather. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do what I have to do when it's cold outside. But when I have a choice of practicing, I'm going to practice in the warmer weather. So, gentlemen, welcome to Ready, Set, Free podcast. Thank you for joining me. Oh, thank you, very much. Thank you for inviting. Do you guys want to give yourself um, a little introduction, history? What, where, how did you get this training? What have you done? 
What do you guys specialize in? I have the whole list here in front of me, but do you want to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay. Well, um, I'll begin. I'm uh, Elijah, or Eli for short. And um, my specialty, I would say, would be linguistics. Wow. I spent 12 years in Asia, so I speak five languages fluently. And um, we're going to learn a lot of new stuff today. Okay. (laughs) I didn't see that on the list of um, classes here. (laughs) Linguistics. Okay. (laughs) And uh, the first time that I actually went um, shooting was archery. And I didn't know that I would have to end up doing that. I visited an island in Papua, Papua New Guinea. And um, in order to be accepted by the village, you had to join the men and uh, go get dinner. Mm-hmm. So dinner in this particular case was a monkey. It was the first time I had monkey meat, and I had to shoot the monkey myself. They gave me a, a bow and an arrow. Eat or die. Huh? Eat or die. Well, get your food. actually, the monkey, <laughs> they eat. Well, actually. no, not the monkey. I'm saying you have to get your food, so you have to get your food or perish. <laughs> Again, that would make me train very hard. Yeah, <laughs> if I have to yeah. get my own dinner, then exactly, I'm going to exactly. figure this out. But it's not like I went out alone. It was, it was like, you know, they're with me and they're just snickering among themselves. I know what they're, you know, thinking about. They're like, we're all going to go home hungry and it's going to be because of him. And so, you know, they handed me a, a long bow, a long bow with, with quite a short arrow. And, um, yeah, so I had to shoot the monkey. And uh, thankfully, I, I, it was a lucky shot. I'm, I'm being honest <laughs> with you. It was up high in the tree. It was a lucky shot. It fell down. But, you know, the monkey is for guests. Mm. That's not what they eat all the time. Usually it's grubs and veggies and um, different types of yams. Were you the guest? I was the guest. Oh, so you're the guest, but you got to get the food. I was a male guest. <laughs> if the female <laughs> guest did it, then then all of the men would actually try to, you know, um, being macho is so hype over there, you know, especially if there's a if there's a female guest. Yeah, they would all compete for her attention, even whether or not they're married, you know. Oh, wow. They, they're, not, they're not getting anything out of it. Right. It's just, no, I kind of like you know... <laughs> they just want to show each other off. I, I'm for you know, it. All or, right. Or show Let's each go. other around. <laughs> Let's go. Let's go. So Papua, Take me there. Papua, you will see. Um, um, we, we do have a couple of uh, business ventures uh, going on with Papua and, and, and also Indonesia. I, my stay in Papua was only for about a week. But Indonesia, yeah, I lived in Indonesia and Malaysia and Singapore and India and Nepal and for 12 years. Yeah, so, uh, but I learned a lot of things about surviving. I did not have all of the um, amenities that are so taken, you know, for granted in America. So, you know, I learned... So you basically by, how to by need. I learned <laughs> how to do many things based based by need. Okay. Yeah. So that's all I want to say about that right now. All right. Okay, and my name is Eli Shaw, and in short, it's Eli. And so um, my background is with, is law enforcement, but before I got into law enforcement, um, I was involved with 
um, child therapy and really that acquainted me with the way how people think and process thoughts. Um, that gave me a little bit of leeway on on negotiations and stuff like that in a crisis situation. So um, one of my favorite hobbies is firearms and um, the cleaning, the breaking down, putting together, teaching, showing, mentoring, um, how to protect yourself with a firearm. That's about it. Okay. So I see a lot of other things that you also teach, the two of you. Um, in, this, in this episode, again, I want to focus, this is our first physical episode for Ready, Set, Free. So physical preparedness. Um, I want to, because I see so many things here, I want to start with some of the basics. If you guys want to say for someone who, I'm new to firearms. I've only had my gun license, I think three years now. So I've had it three years. I've taken two or three formal classes. I've been to the range a handful of times to practice, but I've taken classes a few times. So I'm new to that. Um, I have a sister, sister cousin who is a forager herbalist and that runs in my family. So I know, yeah, I know enough to survive. I know some of the basic, uh, um, plants for medicine, medicinal purposes and stuff like that. But I just want to start with some of the basic stuff. So, okay. I'm a survivalist by nature. It's very odd. I'm always prepared. I, I just realized this about myself over the last couple of years. I have an excessive amount of of things, just things that are necessity that I've done my whole life because I don't know why. I don't know what I'm preparing for, but I've always had the items. But that's just my nature. So what should everybody else be doing to be pre- and in this time in COVID, like the yeah. whole toilet paper run drove me insane. <laughs> I've got 40 rolls of toilet paper here because yeah. I've used toilet paper my whole life. So if it's on clearance or I get a good deal, I buy enough of it. So I get the deal because I'm going to use it. So, I mean, that's a very simple thing. But what should people be doing? Where where would you start? What is Survival 101? OK, so Survival 101 basically begins with the concept of survivalism. Mm-hmm. Survivalism is the umbrella of which you have about a hundred different types of disciplines. That can be foraging, it can be anything from um, raising animals, hunting, fishing, bushcrafting, pickling, you know, pickling mm-hmm. foods. Yeah, the pickling and preserves. Yeah. In my That's garage. crucial. <laughs> yeah. That's I've crucial. got all that. Yeah. Uh, energy independence, such as um, having your own solar panels and and um, uh, also like being able to uh, harness water. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like uh, people that should have these. Barrel? Yeah, people and should have storing. These. There's a technique yeah. on the storage. I know. I know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't want people to just think about it as you know just prepping. Prepping is only one aspect. And, and, and it's a very small aspect of survivalism. But, you know, survivalism 101 basically has to do with readiness, and it has, to, has a lot to do with adaptability. It has also a lot to do with anticipating, you know, 
you really kind of want to hope for the best, but you're prepared for the worst. Exactly. That is survivalism 101, you know, being ready for anything, anything that can happen. If someone's choking on a grape in a restaurant, what are you going to do? If you have a flat tire, what are you going to do? If, if, if someone is, um, I guess, doing something with their car and committing road rage, how do you respond to road rage? How do you respond to someone trying to take your vehicle at the gas station? Or, I mean, there's a whole myriad of things. What happens if there's an EMP attack? What happens if an angry mob comes running down the hill and, and your home is in a cul-de-sac at the bottom of the hill? What do you do? So we teach and train on many aspects. Okay. Yeah. So where, okay. So you teach on, you want to, I have it here. Do you want to tell people which, what classes you offer so we know from the get-go what you guys do teach? You know what well, I want? I'm taking, or archery, that's my favorite, but the, I've got a whole list of them here. I just wanted to get back just a little bit mm-hmm. on what you were saying on how you have a way of just storing stuff. I think that being descendants of slaves, um, And our forefathers learned how to survive here in the Americas. Mm -hmm. And there was no other way to live. And so a lot of times you wonder how did mom or grandma made the food stretch? Mm -hmm. How were they able to... You thought something was not going to be able to be done, but yet it it was done. I definitely got some stuff from my grandmother. She used to save the oddest things. And, you know, to a child, it's like, why would she save when yogurt used to come in those little cups? And she would save all those little cups. And I could never figure all that stuff out. But now it makes a little bit more sense to me. Yeah, and you have to, you're saving on whatever resource you have, Mm -hmm. you know, as little as it may be. You have a resource. You have something that can be reused, you see. Um, I think that if we as a people um, go, if, if, if we separate ourselves from how we've seen grandma and grandpa just save things, how they made things stretch, the techniques of I don't know, just getting up riding a horse, how to garden, how to till the ground, when to seed, when to, all the proper things to do to just live off your own land, you see. And that's, that's what we're eventually coming back to, you know. All of these supermarkets and department stores, when they're shut down, what do you do? And if those techniques are lost, those survival techniques that are lost from our grandparents... We will be at a loss ourselves. Okay, but America hopes that we do lose they them do. all. That's that's the plan. They want us they to do. be and under complete, total control of the corporations. We need to buy everything through them. We have to. All of our resources have to come through them first. Yeah. You know, they make a lot of it illegal, so we that's, can't that's live legally the off of, the land anyway in America. So when you, when you take on the behavior of the oppressor. You will lose yeah. your skill set of, of, of stretching, of saving, preserving, what, like pickling, saving your beans, saving your rice, jarring. Seeds. 
keeping your seeds. <laughs> if you got them from the right place. Yeah, yeah. Now they have a lot of GMO seeds, yeah, or seeds that don't reproduce, or seeds that don't, reproduce. Seeds that or don't fruits reproduce. that don't even have the seeds. Exactly. <laughs> Take Seedless the whole food. thing away, right? Seedless That's food. totally unnatural. I know, I know, and it's not good for our bodies. So I just wanted to um, go back a little bit on that. So um, away from that. So now, yeah, we teach archery. Um, we enjoy. Um, Firearms. Firearms. And we enjoy teaching that to children as well. Uh, my 11-year-old son, he is quite handy when it comes to the twenty two rifle. And he is on point. He's on point. Um, and he's also on track for archery competition next year. Yeah. Yeah, he has a compound bow. And I tweak it just a little bit each week when we practice for his pull to be stronger. And that way you'll have a further, more certain shot. Um, you know, that's just... But we do teach an array of classes. It, it just seems that the archery took off because mm-hmm. of a high interest in archery. I guess a lot of people just don't see other people using bows and arrows, you know. So th- they may have... And this is something that I noticed... Um, there are people who are not interested in lethal weapons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not realizing that archery is just as lethal as, as any firearm could be. In fact, it probably more so because of stealth. Mm-hmm. You don't hear the arrow coming. Mm-hmm. You just hear the impact yeah. when it hits the target. It's a quiet shot. Mm-hmm. It's a quiet shot. But yeah, we do teach archery. We, we do teach firearms, bushcrafting. What is bushcrafting? Oh, wow. Okay, so bushcrafting... 101. 101. What is bushcrafting? Bushcrafting 101 is learning how to live outdoors without relying on anything that you may have indoors. So it's like you're going to make your shelter out of branches and twigs and leaves and, and, and mosses that you can actually insulate your roofing and, and your flooring with. Um, uh, making different type of campfires, uh, making a windshield, learning to trap animals, uh, learning to fish, learning to forage, uh, what plants are edible and non-edible, which plants are medicinal, things like that. And all are done, all of these things are done with a knife. You must have, that is the first survival tool. They want to call it a weapon. It's a survival tool. You it's, can't, it's, a, it's a tool. You more cannot than a build a shelter. You cannot trap. You cannot set anything up without the proper knife. So you have in the knives, you have the, I don't know, I, I don't know the names of the traditional, I mean, the ones you see in the movies, and I know that's not a good example to use, but they always have the, the, the knife in the movies. And then you have the all-in-one contraptions. Where well, it has this tool and that tool. Oh, the folding you know. one. Yeah, all those. You mean like a Swiss Army? Yeah, the Swiss Army, like, I've got a couple of them. They have, like, the basic Allen wrench and the basic knife. Oh, yeah, and the yeah, basic and hexagon wrench and, and stuff. Yeah, all that type of stuff. And then, of course, I have the hand. I don't know, what what's the name of it? The hand, it's like the all-in-one. It's got one type of blade on one side, one type on the other side. It does, like, all these things. It's called marketing. 
Oh, it's called marketing. <laughs> I was that. Certain companies, no, I mean, certain companies, they try to make these all in ones. Mm-hmm. Some of them are handy dandy, others are cheap. But it's like, it doesn't make any sense to have all of your handy dandies if you don't know how to use it, you know. I'm going to figure it out if I'm stranded. I'm, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to work. It's, it's going to have to work. <laughs> right. It's going to have to make work. it work. It's going to have to work. I'm going to recall that marketing commercial. One knife can be used to, um, to like, trim the wood down mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. create a point. Mm-hmm. If you have to create, if you need a long stick to make a spear, um, you have to clean a fish. You have to cut the center of the fish, gut it out. Um, so damn. I had a friend. <laughs> My friend, well, I have a friend, and she married a man who is definitely a um, bushman, I guess. Or not bushman. What did you just call it? A bushcraft Bushcraft. Bushcraftman. Yeah. And he's been trying to teach me how to prepare fish. Okay. Via video messages. And it's very interesting. He'll say, okay, Kai, so this type of fish. So we're talking about Tyree. Tyree. So if you're listening, Gerald, Tyree. This type of fish, you gotta you gotta fillet it. And then the bones go this way. So you got to do, and this one can't be stored with the skin. You got to take the skin off and you, it's like all these rules. And he's always holding up these fish for me. And I'm like, I'm not retaining any of this information. Well, the fish can be used at different times. Like if you're curing fish, Mm -hmm. you can't dry the fish with the skin on it. Right. It retains too much moisture. Now, if you're just going to throw it into the oil and eat it, then the skin... You know, and, and, and the fatty layers, mm-hmm. that's where you find all of your omega-3s, right. you know. So it really depends on the species of fish that's caught. When do you plan to eat it? And, and, uh, and like, how many people are you going to feed? How are you going to store it? Okay, so this is a question. Since we're at 101, and I'm here, we're here in the city, metropolitan Atlanta, where we have... Um, access to everything we need at a store (laughs) we can pretty much buy everything we need here in the city at a store and there's only so much we can do outside of the stores because i cannot hunt in my development i can't you know there's things we just can't do how do you prepare how likely is it that i can prepare enough living here in these amenities that i have that if I get stranded even on a camping trip next week or I go camping and something happens that I can survive. Like how do I how do you prepare? How long does it take? Cuz I mean you're just telling me this type of fish is for this. Are you storing it? Are you curing it? Are you doing the like even when he's giving me these videos all the time, I'm almost overwhelmed. We've been through about seven different type of fish and I I don't feel like I can remember the first. I've got them saved. So I can refer back to the videos. And it's very easy to feel overwhelmed because the system, the system, is designed to create something that I call orientation depravity. Okay. Orientation depravity. Which means many people cannot orientate themselves to the position of the sun. They don't know the position of the stars. They don't even know where the moon rises and sets. You know, they don't know where to find, you know, is does moss really grow on the north side of the of, of a tree on the south. I mean, these are the things that people are not even oriented to. Mm-hmm. 
what ri- what direction will the river flow mm-hmm. or the migratory paths of birds people have been deprived of yeah, orientating yeah. themselves to their environment because that's how the system has been created mm-hmm. so that way when you do run into someone who is knowledgeable on uh, in in bushcrafting it can be overwhelming why because we have been deprived of environmental orientation that's true and to to get on um on that note a good way to get started is to buy a piece of land that you can build on what i mean by that is that one far section of that land you can use for beekeeping you have your honey you have a sense of, of sweetener. You have a way of building your immune system. And then also the local bee honey offsets any spring allergy you'll have in that state. Like if you move to Tennessee mm-hmm. and you're from somewhere like, I don't know, either New York or Maine, and you come down to the south you have all these allergies. The best way to offset that allergy is to eat the local bee pollen, have that in your system. Then by the time allergy season comes, you have no reaction. Um, so you can have that on your land, bee section, and then hopefully you'll have a creek or a brook that have, wow. you know, uh, it's a source of water. You'll have a place where you know that wildlife will gather. Um, you can train deers, chipmunks, quail. Now what's quail. on our archery path? The yeah. dinosaur. But the, look, the, the, all, all of this, all of this can, when you have the game feeding off of your water and you can utilize your archery skills, your skill set, to take the game that's feeding on your water source. So it's not just, you know, just for the purpose of having water. Right. And you lead, you lead the game that you need um, to survive and eat. But yeah, your archery skills, um, your skill set come into play. Gardening, raising rabbits, having goats. You have goat milk. Um, Probably we should have had Wayne come back for this rabbits episode too. Rabbits <laughs> for, for the fur, and then you use um, the droppings to fertilization. What's the rabbit? Well, the rabbit droppings are cold. Uh-huh. So uh, there's no cooling off period. You can immediately use it for fertilizer. Really? Yeah. I've never... Immediately. So better than cow manure or not? Better. better. Much better. better, better. better. Much Why? better. Because it can be used immediately. And lot less less process is less monotonous, and you could use that in your in your. So, local but this garden. is the problem. I have a garden back there, and we had rabbits. Wild rabbits or your wild own rabbits? rabbits. Wild <laughs> they rabbit. were eating my garden. Wild vicious rabbits. They ate rabbits. all of the strawberries. <laughs> that clearly was the they favorite. Will. They, they will. ate all the strawberries. Um, what else were they eating? I mean, something you could tell they didn't like the peppers. My peppers got beautiful. They didn't like bell peppers. 
But they like strawberries. So those are the wild rabbits. Those but were the we wild were, rabbits. What we were mentioning was having oh, raising my raising own raising your own rabbits. How do yes. I keep them safe from the dog? They're in a they're I'll in a pen. In they're own. in a okay. uh, uh, right. well. Not only that, Gated but when you have a dog who um, raised as a puppy, right? Raise him. Raise the puppy among your With farm that. animals. Oh, got it, got and it. And so this is this is how you you don't have a German Shepherd eating the sheep. Okay. You don't have you know that kind of you know situation they happening are a team. because exactly they, they act they, as they a team. A team, yeah. Wayne, we should have had you come in for this episode. We'll bring you it. We'll bring you in next time. So our our friend of the show, Wayne Swanson, owns Swanson Family Farms. Oh wow! And he has nice. his farm runs as a all the animals have the jobs. So it's nice. a it's a homestead. Well, it's a real farm. Yeah, it's a homestead too. But it's yeah, he's okay. Swanson Family Farm. He sells nice. beef. Okay, okay. And lamb. All right. All right. So he does he does commercial farming. Yes. But at the same time, he's homesteading for his family. Exactly. And his skill set is it's enormously off the chart. high. <laughs> it's yeah, off it's the chart. In order for him to survive as and a farmer. Oh, yeah, everything yeah. does something. Oh, yeah. Every time you mm-hmm. ask him about something, oh, I need that because they do this. And I need those because, you know, yeah. he needed the rats. I was like, what do we need the rats for? I need the rats for that. I was like, no, we don't want yeah, the rats. Every, I want everything. <laughs> every I want the clean farm without the rodents. Part. They, they all play their part. Like if you heard, you know, people's moms, or you may hear people say, everything has its place. And he... So yes. all of these animals on the farm have their role and their place of the entire functionality of the farm. I believe that there is such a thing called uh, meat memory, that there is memory locked up in certain meats that um, that cows or or pigs or, or sheep that they go through, uh, they spend a life of torment and pain, and then it's like after you eat a full dinner of ribs or whatever, you some people say they have a nightmare, and then when they wake up in the morning, they say, "Oh, I had a bad dream last night. Oh no, it wasn't. Was you ate too many greens? It wasn't the greens." That gave that person a nightmare was the meat. Um, and I, I just think that because meats are so full of the adrenaline from the death, the moment of death, the, the fear is just full up, um, full, uh, the fear fills up every fiber of that animal, plus the fact that they have these growth hormones injected in them, uh, that meat, commercial meat, is addictive. I, I have a theory that commercial meat is addictive to people because of the um, because of the hormones that are injected in them, and that uh, if people were to if they had to eat meat, uh, it should be from uh, from the wild, whether it's wild turkey or deer um, or trout from the neighborhood stream or something like that. Uh, that if you would have to eat meat, that it, it should not be commercial meat. Uh, but also the farmer or, or, or anyone involved in the meat industry, they need to know their animal. Anyone who is raising thousands upon thousands of cows and sheep and pigs and, and chickens and turkeys, there's no way that the farmer could even know mm. know the animal, mm. know the history of each particular animal, know the needs of the animal, 
And I believe um, Eli had brought up a point about there being cage-free eggs. Cage-free eggs are stress-free eggs. Uh, but yeah, I, I do think that there is certain memories locked up in, in meat. And when you have such a population of animals on a farm or in a farming network, um, unfortunately these days the farmers would have to cut their overhead to buy a certain feed and when they apply for grants, uh, state grants for the or government grants for their farming, they're forced to buy a certain feed mm -hmm. that is more likely GMO, it's more likely laboratory made, and it is ingested by every animal in the yard. And the byproduct of that, plus the stress of death, uh, you know, back in the days when I was truck driving, I had gone to this town called Tar Heel, North Carolina, and I had to sit there. I was carrying refrigerator freight, so I had to sit there for about a day and a half for this other load to be ready because it was a, car, um, a cow hauler. The cows, when they pulled up to the gate, well, first of all, even before then, 10 miles out, the air stunk. It just smelled like, I don't know what, I've never smelled it before. This was in my early days of truck driving. And I've seen this lone smokestack that you could see about maybe two or three miles out. And when I got to the facility, it was just nothing but death in the air. Mm -hmm. When the cows pulled up um, with the cattle rancher, they were bucking, they were ramming their heads, they were kicking, they were pissing, they were, they were scared to death. And the hormones that have got to have been secreting out of their glands in panic, um, that's, that was that event. And the pigs are worse. The pigs are just going crazy. They're throwing up. They're hitting their heads on Doesn't the wall. Doesn't it spoil They're the pig bucking. meat, I thought? I heard They're, that before. Pardon? It spoils the pig meat. Something about spoiling the pig meat from... Do I'm, you guys know? Well, I'm actually not that probably be a real Wayne question to get a farmer question, but there's yeah. something about you can spoil... I know that you spoil pig meat somehow because of hormones. Something about a hormone with a pig. I'm not the farmer. I don't know what, what, what I've seen um, on several occasions... From North Carolina to Dodge City, Kansas, wherever these um, processing plants are, and the animals are driven to the gate, they go wild, and they know the time is up. They know that their eyes are rolling, they're kicking, they're bucking, they're pissing, they're throwing every kind of thing has they. They emotionally malfunction. Mm -hmm. If there's such a thing as, you know, like, you know, some dogs, when you look at their face, you can tell the emotions mm -hmm. of, of that dog. And, um, but I didn't know that so much would be there for cows and pigs. Um, but certainly they were in a state of fear. And that's an emotion. And that hormone 
is all over the meat. If they weren't sweating before, they're sweating now. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, it's just something to see. And so that's why we, we prefer hunting the meat as opposed to actually going through the manufacturing process of meats. And if you're going to cure anything, uh, as far as meats are concerned, it should be uh, from the local river or from the local forest or pasture or something like that. Uh, the, the next thing that someone needs to uh, work on if they are interested in survivalism is building their skill set. Learning how to hunt, learning how to fish, learning how to harness water. Um, a lot of people don't even know how to make clothes. How, how am I going to make clothes? The stores are no longer available. We have no yarns. We have no, you know, so, you know, there's so many things in a home that people are lacking these days. They just take everything for granted. All I gotta do is go to a store and, and da, da, da. no, learn how to knit. I took the class two <laughs> years <laughs> ago. <laughs> the, I the, took the class sewing. I know how to sew now. The four things you're gonna have to make socks, gloves, hat, and a scarf. Really? And then if you can make a sweater, that's kind of I don't know, the skill set's got to be up there. Right, yeah. But I haven't gotten to that To keep part, your limbs, to yet. keep your limbs from falling <laughs> off, you have to make socks. I did make a hat. Gave it to my mom for Christmas Gloves, that year actually. Hat for, and a scarf. Yeah, for Kwanzaa, she got a hand, she got a, a hat was in my sewing class. I think that was oh, my wow. second project. So I do know how to make a hat. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, sewing classes, um, at least with the crochet, knitting mm-hmm, and stuff, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's crucial. That's that's some critical stuff. And let me tell you what the biggest mistake happened in the Department of Education. Once upon a time, and the I believe this age. ran until the 1960s. That's, no, I, I took it. Vocational, yes. Vocational training, yeah. like wood, woodcraft. In my middle school, oh, I had yeah. to, we had middle, to take yeah. woodworking. Wood we had work. to take home ec, which was sewing class, they, and we had to sewing. take a cooking class. They cut that out in the early nineties, I think. Yeah, I I took it at King Lab, and we had to take. Hey, Marilyn was my guest last week, so Marilyn took it as well at King Lab. We had to take a woodwork class. Uh, woodwork. We yeah. had to took. We called it home ec. It was a one yeah. was a sewing and one was a cooking. And the yeah. cooking class, yeah. Yeah, we yeah. took all three. We had, we had, we we had a cooking class, class in middle school. Yeah, yeah. that was yeah. a middle school. Yeah. It was in our in yeah. our middle school, and then luckily our high school had a lot. Our high school offered mm-hmm. that we had a shop class, um, actually like an auto shop. Yeah, you had auto shop. Yeah, auto shop, exactly. And see, these are life skill classes, which were F R E E. They were free. Right. And required. And required. It was compulsory. We exactly. had to take the home egg. Exactly. Everybody took home egg. I exactly. learned how to use drills and whole <laughs> and, and guess what? You you had to have a bank account. Mm-hmm. You had to know about saving and spending. These things are no longer taught in school these days, and it is by design. Why? Because you have these lending companies who we hit can do that for them. College students. Yes. Yes. So see, now you're hitting on something that we uh, want to spearhead in the Wilderness Academy, and that is vocational training. 
So learning. You said the academy. Is this a the new, Wilderness Academy? This is coming up. Or this is this coming. Is this is coming soon. Okay, this coming is coming soon. soon. Link Survivalist. Link Survivalist Wilderness Academy. Wilderness. It will be coming. And soon. we envision it being what? Weekly, monthly, a one-year class series. What do we think well, it well, may be? Well, for the time being, it's going to have to be online. Online. We okay. definitely want to have a, a physical location, multiple uh, locations. But for the time being, it's going to have to be online. And we want people to learn about electronics. We want people to learn about carpentry, bricklaying, uh, just just how to build a home, how to how to how to fix a car, how to how to make clothes, how to cook. I mean, we're dealing with a generation. I'm not I'm really not trying to be um, sexist in saying this, but there's a generation of women who not only are can't cook. They don't have an interest in cooking. They think it's a woman's work. No, I'm not cooking. I'm a free woman. No, it it it. It's, How are you it's, a woman and you? No one told think you it's you a woman's bound. work. I'm a woman, but it's a woman's work. That that is in the mind of a lot of these young I, I hear women it. these I hear days. It. Okay, clearly it's and I don't the know behavior of the oppressor. Is the, I don't again. like I so. to cook, but I cook. I like. And you eat. know. <laughs> How to see knowing right. is it? No one's no one's saying okay, you have to like it, but but knowing right. and 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 learning to do when you don't have to do, so that when you have to do, it comes natural. You already know you what know to do. You know what to do. The same thing with firearms. You, you, same thing with firearms. You don't want to practice when there's a riot across the street. No, you want to. Hey. <laughs> you want to use. You know. I share that a on time, my Facebook. You want to use a time where it is non is it's a non stressful event. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. I'm learning in the process, and when I ever have to use this skill, it will come in handy, and it will be second nature. Again, I don't have to second guess anything. Well, civility is what is termed as normal right now. When disaster strikes, the time to prepare, to prepare has, has passed. passed. That's right. Exactly, <laughs> it That's has right. passed. You're not re- you're not getting ready as it's happening. And so, the cooking class that we would love to have is not the kind of class that okay, we bought all these goods from the grocery store and we're going to throw them in a pot. And no, 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 no. We're going out in the forest and we're going to forage for our ingredients and learn how to cook what we have foraged. That is what people don't know how to do. And what, what we've been encouraging for years is print out edible plants in your state. You have to be able to identify edible plants in your backyard. You have edible plants going right down the driveway. I, we, get, we have a lot of wild onions. Wild we are onion. infested with wild onions around here. So we've got lions. We've got dandelions. Um, you have mint, roses. Okay, and so um, I print. I I planted some stuff and kind of let it go. Kind of forgot about it. So. Well, I've if, got other things that come if, up. If there, are, if any pesticides or herbicides have been applied to your lawn or to your backyard, you can count all of that out. Uh, okay? We stopped. Yeah, yeah. We so don't have that anymore. basically, the dandelions and the um, and the and the different types of cloves and and lettuces and onions, wild, wild onions, onions and garlic yeah. that that grow, and even the ginger that grows. Uh, you're going to have to go into the land of the wild where. 
herbicides and pesticides are not used. And when you buy land, you don't pesticide your land to death. Why? Because, the, because little Bambi wants to come and eat too. And so you, you are keeping your alternate food sources yeah. away. away. Yeah. They smell the, pers- the, the, the pesticide and the herbicide, so they stay away. So, you know, when you buy land, you want to cure that land. You want to um, throw seeds of different lettuces and cloves and let it grow in the wild, okay, and let it propagate. It will attract rabbits. It will attract quail. It will attract deer. I think it's mustard. I have some type of green that got away from me. Oh, there's many the type seed, of mustard. I guess blue, and they're everywhere now. Yeah. I have them everywhere. I wanted to put blueberries in a corner over here, and there's greens. It's got tons of greens. Wow. And I think I, I never harvested a set, uh-huh. and so the seeds got <laughs> blew around, and they're everywhere. Mm. Got a backyard full of greens. That's that, good. That goes back to the fact of like when you get land, you're actually you're, you're, you're training everything to really just come to you. You know um, what you you feed and and that you toss out for to attract the deers. You want to, um, of course, you need cats and dogs because you have to control the rat population. You have to have some measure of pest control. Dogs, they owls. let you. Owls. I've seen owls. We love, we love owls. The owls sits on top of the bird feeder, which owls is hilarious. Oh, I, mean, I couldn't figure it great. out, but they said because the birds knock the seeds down. Uh-huh. And so the mice come under the bird feeder <laughs> to get yeah. the seeds that the birds knocked out. Yeah. So now my owl sits on top of the bird feeder. To wait for the, the wait for the, the rats mice to come. To come and they, yeah. to eat the, They're watching it's, yes, everything. It's, it's Wild Kingdom. They're watching everything. And then the uh, snakes, plenty of black snakes. Wayne, and I don't hurt the, the owls, black snakes. The owls will take care of the, the snakes. Well, but the snakes, he told me, the, eats the venomous I, snakes. I am a big so, fan of black garden snakes. Yes, don't I know? I'm a he big has fan drilled of into snakes. my mind. Do not Why? kill the black snakes. They will go <laughs> under the ground and eat the moles that are eating your carrots. Oh, really? Yes, they eat the moles that are eating your carrots. They will eat the little gophers that's pulling on your potatoes oh, and whatever. I had a lot of bat black snakes this year. Lots. You know, so, I mean, some of some snakes are friendly and some snakes are, you know, benevolent and and beneficial. If the pupil is round. Don't tell people about this part. (laughs) When the person is scared of a snake, they're not getting close enough or remaining calm enough to see pupils and design. You can get close enough because their eyes dilate. When their eyes are circular, non-poison. If their eyes are... Eli. I walked up on a, a copperhead this year. This year, in my driveway, a copperhead. Oh. I didn't see it. I, I Initially, I saw it, but I thought it was a shadow because it was dusk. So it was getting dark. So I saw it. I thought it was a shadow on the ground. I don't think anything of it. I hear the rattling sound. See. And I'm like, okay, yeah. a shadow doesn't rattle. That's the no. warning. It was warm, but I didn't know it was, yeah. So, but I'm not looking for the coloring. I'm not looking for the shape or the eyes. 
at this point I hear rattling and I'm scared. Well, they easily camouflage in the grass. That's ten. Well, it was right on my now. concrete. It was right on oh, the driveway. Right on the yeah, I was walking and I had flip flops on and everything. I was a great target. Wow. Right here. In the driveway by my back door. I got out the car and it was right there by my flower pot. Oh my gosh. Yes. A copperhead. A copperhead. A small, a baby. And that would have been that a golden. Was Where baby. was the owl then? So you want to talk about fate? So my handyman was with me. We had just, he was about to do a project here. So we just left Home Depot. We had to get another part. And he saw it. And he, he's from Georgia. He's a Georgia man. He's a hunter. He's a forager. He knows all. He saw it immediately, mm. you know, and grabbed me, pushed me out the way. Sila, get out the way. You know, he wow. knew what it was immediately. Like I said, I thought it was a shadow until it started rattling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't even think I really saw anything. I just thought it was a shadow of something. I don't know what I thought. I just thought it was a shadow. So he got it. He killed it because it was too close to my back door. And he said, if it's that close to your back door, it's comfortable here. It's been around. It's, you know, maybe it was born over here somewhere. Yeah. So he's like, this one has to die. So he <laughs> killed it. But, um, yeah. So, but I'm saying I went all the way there, Eli, because people aren't looking at the eye shape and the, the same thing. People saw the eye shape. and It was, was evening was time. Was it checkered right. or was it this? What color? I was like, I, it was, it was rattling. That's all I can tell you. Mm. Well, okay, let, and, and let's move on to the last, okay, uh, last, the last, part, last thing part. of skill building is knowing how to grow food and knowing which herbs to grow in your kitchen or in your yard that can offset a common cold, that can offset pain, uh, that can offset uh, uh, various... You know, like like indigestion, or if someone mm-hmm. has diarrhea, do you, you what herbs do you what in your pantry do you have for you know common symptoms and illnesses without having to go to an overridden hospital these days? Who doctors don't even have time to see COVID patients now? I mean, and and but yet that's their first priority. And so if you're going mm-hmm. over to the hospital for a stomach ache. We don't know when they're going to see you. Grady said yesterday, Grady Hospital, no beds. No in, beds at In Grady. downtown Atlanta. No no beds. No beds. Mm. Oh, well, no beds, no meds. And, so, <laughs> and, and so, this is during the time of civility. We're yeah. a pandemic, but yeah, it's it's. we don't have utter chaos and anarchy going on in the streets yet but that's what we're preparing for and and the last uh, of the items that w- that I have listed for skill building is performing minor medical procedures or life-saving techniques CPR first aid how do you put a, a splint onto a broken arm or uh, what do you do if someone has uh, let's say eaten eaten a poisonous mushroom? You know, you went out foraging, you picked the wrong mushroom, and then you ate it. Never bring something home and eat it unless you have first researched it, which means you have to have books. We have encyclopedias. We have. And, and we have something, have we have something called literary survivalism. Literary survivalism basically means 
printing as many books, acquiring as many books as you can, because one day they're going to pull the plug on the internet. There will be no phone signal. There will be no Google. There will be no electronic means of communicating with one another or a reference source. And if you don't know what to do offhand, then you will become a statistic and you will find yourself in a situation where you have lowered your chances of survivability. Um, the next thing that I want to get into... Any, any, well, I, I'm, I want to get into the, uh, the bartering. The bartering. Being able to barter. This is a financial show, and we want to close out with being able to barter, being able to trade, being able to, again, the commodity that you have. I've got the corner store over here. <laughs> but you don't want to you don't want to show your hand because you don't know who you're dealing with however they have something you need and you need something they you know they uh, have yeah. they have and and the trade has to be fair and even and not alone you know you need someone on yeah or our little friend over here yeah yeah <laughs> So each party needs something, or maybe one group needs something from another group, of which, again, when, when society breaks down and community breaks down, now we're talking about almost like a tribal situation here where you'll have one person or two or three representing that group, one, two or three people representing another group, and you do a trade. You do an exchange of commodity for what each party needs. And um, so this is when U.S. dollar's gone, digital currency is gone. Um, he didn't just say that. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. When electricity is gone. We've done bullion. We've done gold and silver. Yeah, so that's... Diversify your assets. That's what we want to introduce here. Um so in bartering, you want to have a surplus of silver in the lowest denomination. You want to have silver coins in the lowest available denomination. You don't want to um, overshoot your hand, you know. So it's like, okay, I gave you something worth five, but you're giving me something back worth three. No. So so if you can have one, 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 like if you, if you can have... Um, Three, three silver coins, each one worth, let's, let's just use it as a unit. Let's just call it a unit. So if you have three silver coins, each one worth one unit, you have three units of coin. And then let's say, for example, they, um, you need antibiotics or you may need uh, something like uh, some, some seeds. But we don't recommend anyone trading seeds. We don't recommend trading seeds because the seeds that you receive from someone else has no guarantee of growing. That's true. There's, there's no guarantee of it growing. There's no guarantee that the uh, ground that you are using is even fertile enough to, 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 to furnish that seed. Or what if there's a drought? You know, you plant the seeds and then, you know, at the time, at the time that they were planted, you had moist soil, but then it didn't rain for two or three months and you lost everything. So we don't recommend using seeds as a means of bartering at all because seeds represent hope. That's it. You just have hope. Mm -hmm. You don't have dinner. You have hope. 
So you never trade seeds. Uh, you, you want to uh, keep that for yourself. Never trade away your seed and never receive seed at the other end of a, of a trade or of a barter. Uh, some people also like to trade cigars. Oh my goodness! Coffee is good. Coffee, cigars. Coffee. That's coffee. not a necessity. You just coffee. No, it's, it's, it's not. Coffee. It's not. It's not a necessity. But you would be surprised in desperate times. Toilet tissue, okay? Bathroom tissue could end up being a precious commodity. You never really tampons could be a precious commodity. You never really know what the other party really needs until people come into dire straits. You know? Even soap. You know? Even soap, exactly. So we have to know how to even we have to know how to make our own soap. So build a team. All right. You so a survival team a survival team starts at everything. Yeah, exactly. But we always say a survival team starts at home. Do not overextend yourself. Like for example, if there's three people in the home one person needs to know about firearms. Another person needs to know about defense. Another person needs to know about how to grow food and, and store water. That's where you begin. Mm-hmm. Everything else grows from that. So we've been working on this. I have people in my circle that we have worked on this. So okay. then also in that circle, one person's high skill set needs to be taught to another person in, in case... That one's down. Individual in case down. one's down, exactly. Yeah, no, we, we're, we're so actively working on this. So that skill set has to be shared. Knitting, pickling, gardening. Some people get to come to the compound, arms. and some people will not be. Yeah, and you, 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 <laughs> you, can't, you cannot invite everybody. You have to have like-minded people that only live in love. If they don't live in love then when that highest level of stress and anxiety hits, what is the person you're dealing with now? Their mental... You cannot question that. Yeah. yeah. Their mental capacity will begin to unravel, and it's then good, you will see this can, what This is what tested they really now. Are. It's, it's being tested somewhat yeah. in COVID. You're seeing yeah. the behavior Unfortunately, of with children. Unfortunately, <laughs> it's, it's the, the, the first client <laughs> or patient... You will see in that, in despair, is children. Besides that, it's the, the frontline workers. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you. I think we covered quite a bit, but I appreciate that. It's some place to start. When your program is up and running, your newest program, I definitely want you to come back and talk about that as well. Okay, I want you to go over again where they can find you, what you offer at this time, what's available, um, how they can reach you, any of your information that you want to share that will also be shared on the, um, the notes page. Okay. Well, right now you can find us on Facebook at Lynx Survivalist, and that is L-Y-N-X, the animal, uh, Lynx Survivalist. You can find us on Facebook. On Facebook, you will also find four different types of survivalist groups. You'll find one for women that is called the Ambrosia League. The Ambrosia League, uh, although many of the women there focus on archery, other things are offered as well, including self-defense, hunting, fishing, and other survivalist needs. Another group you will find is the Marksman Alliance. 
Marksman Alliance basically are a group of men who love their firearms, <laughs> loving firearms and, and using those firearms, whether it's for home protection uh, and also for hunting. But another thing that um, the Marksman Alliance uh, focuses on, and this is something that we really want to get into in 2021, we were not able to do so, would be the rites of passage for young men. Uh, we would introduce tribal sports, and uh, those young men would have to achieve well in those tribal sports. We wanted to do a trip in Kenya where we would actually join up with um, some tribesmen in Kenya and bring our 11, 12, 13-year-old boys over there, and, and they would become men in the safari. Um, we're looking forward to having that done uh, in this year or in the next. Another group is for kids from grades, I'm sorry, not from grades, but ages 4 to 10. I believe it's 4 to 10, and that is the Lynx Junior Squad. Yeah, Lynx Junior Squad. And so kids, kids want to survive too, and we teach children survivalism lessons. They can learn as early as 4 years old. Any child who is able to go to school and sit into a class qualifies to join Lynx Junior Squad. Uh, the fourth is the Lynx Odyssey Teen Challenge, which is a survivalist group for teenagers. Teenagers have their own set of issues that are apart from younger children and adults. And so we address those issues among the teens and the fact that, you know, tomorrow is not promised to you. Learn what you can today and be able to use those skills for tomorrow. You can also find us on Instagram uh, at uh, links underscore survival, links underscore survival. You can also email us at links.survivalist at gmail.com. So we have some other things growing. Our website will soon be up. It is linksurvivalistgroup.com. We're looking to be up by next month. And with that will come the Wilderness Academy. And like I said, the Wilderness Academy will focus on bushcrafting and also on life skill development through vocational training. So that's how you can reach us, and those are some of our immediate future goals. We do want to expand. We want to have branches throughout different cities, um, but we're waiting one step at a time. Once we get that Wilderness Academy launched, then we will start setting up branches. There are many people already interested, and so hopefully you will be as well. Thank you. Thank you. Eli, any closeout, anything? I was just going to say, add? save your pennies. That may be the only copper commodity that you have. Okay. And um, copper is amazing on, on killing germs, con you know, healing properties it does a lot so save your same pennies. thing with that silver save your nickels your nickel again i learned how to make the colloidal silver you learned how to make I did. colloidal Good. silver i learned yeah. how to make it That's have amazing. you got hold of colloidal gold no. it enhances brain function no i haven't done gold yes 
triple fold. Hmm. Yes. All right. Well, I yes. did. I know silver and know how to do silver. I tried it one time. I buy mine right now, but I, I did do it one time. So oh, that's excellent. Oh, wow. While the government is phasing out coins. And that's for a reason. That's Save by design. Your coins. That's I know. by design. I've already talked about this. The bank reserve. I, I've already talked about COVID came and change disappeared. I, for the life yeah. of me, I can't figure out how yeah. people have fallen for this trick. It may yeah. be your I don't only... know how they fooled millions of you guys in yeah. America. The moment they that, said there was a coin shortage, yeah, that's where I started keeping all my that coins. That the coins disappeared with the virus. You guys have got to be crazy if you believe that lie. It may be your only there precious is, okay. metal. So anyway, yeah, exactly. I hope you guys have saved you. You're hearing it from them. You already heard me say how ridiculous that statement was. The coins did not disappear. No, they were with, taken by the banks. They It did not disappear. And it didn't matter that uh, the mint wasn't open and wasn't making more coins because it, metal doesn't evaporate. So exactly. it wasn't like the metal that was already in exactly. circulation and let me tell you, disappeared with the virus. Let me tell you how I know it was by design because they came out with the COVID quarter. Do oh, you have your Lord. COVID quarter? Oh, no. It has two bats has hanging bats upside on the, down on the back of on the, the back side of the coin. I've never seen. I didn't. I, it's the most it's bizarre, a, scariest thing I've, I've seen. I've never even heard of it. And the you know, COVID I'm a coin collector. Quarter. I'm this a metal collector. How, bullion, but no, I didn't know about the COVID. This is quarter. how we knew that the coin shortage was fake. Because why would these? Um, Powers that be. The, the powers that ought not even be. That should uh, not be. That should not be. <laughs> came out with with this coin. So why would they be making it's a COVID quarter if we were had quarter. shortage of all the other Exactly. Change? Why even spend the money? Yeah, whatever. Bullshit. Tax dollars. Bullshit. Once again, the coins did not disappear with COVID. I, that whole... Check your quarters. You should have um, all 50 states... Plus, there are uh, another six. You have the Virgin Islands. You have Guam. You have Puerto Rico. Uh, uh, what are the other My ones? daughter happened upon, um, I had that on my Facebook page once, too. She happened upon the state coins that were colored. Did you see those? Yes, yes. She went to we her bank one day. Save and she that's, a, that's a bartering tool for that, that real. Is. Yeah, I took for them real. out of her bank because, first of all, we didn't even know they were in there. We just were happened to be counting up change and... She's like, Mom, what's this? It's like the change is going to be even more valuable than that right. paper note. Get, that's you guys in your get wallet. that junk silver. We talked about junk silver yeah. in the bullion get episode. Get that junk silver. Go to exactly. these websites or go to these um, these uh, coin dealers and get some junk silver. So that's all I wanted to share. All right. Well, thank you guys so much for coming. We went all over the place, but it was all very valuable information. Um, we will definitely bring the link survivalist back again. We'll go into some more detail. Maybe we'll pick one or two topics and go into more detail. We'll, I'll have them on video so you can let them confuse you in person with their appearance. And though you can see, because I you bet can, you we're going to end up wearing the same thing. Yeah. Well, I'm going to ask that they wear different outfits <laughs> or we'll put name tags on them. Um, yeah, so we'll, they'll be back. Um, I've got some other physical, um, people who specialize in physical freedom as well. So maybe we'll bring, cause I think it would have been good maybe to even have Wayne here today, but that's okay. Wayne has promised to come back. So we'll come back. We'll do this session again. 
I've heard now COVID's going to be here through 2021 as well. Somebody said that a couple of days. Oh, we're not bringing something back till 2022. So I guess we've already <laughs> thrown this year out. We're only in January. But um, thank you guys for listening to Ready, Set, Free Podcasts. Please follow, like, subscribe, click, share, YouTube, rate, and review. It's Ready, Set, Free on all platforms, Instagram, Yahoo, Captiv- uh, well, Captivate is my host site, but you can find <laughs> you can find us on any major podcast streaming location as well as YouTube. Um, thank you guys very much for joining Ready Set Tree. Yes, thank, thank you, thank you. Um, and we will see you next week. Thank you very much. Bye bye. <laughs>